podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Roden Podcast. Stay tuned to hear all things LFC. Mella, lovely cushion header for Gerard! Oh, you beauty! What a hit, son! What a hit! Liverpool 3-0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Yeah! Yeah! Salah took it, rolled it up here for Nunez to win it! The Liber Bird soars! Sammy, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Nice to have you on. Obviously, you've relocated now from Devon to Oldham. Before we get into the Liverpool side of things, why have you moved to Oldham? So I started fighting when I was 11 years old um, and I did that at a gym in Devon. I then competed in Muay Thai for many, many years and then it got to a point where I wanted to make it my job. So I quit my job back home, but there just wasn't that many opportunities. Um, so I realised that I had to make the move up north. So then I ended up moving to Leeds and then I got approached whilst I was in Leeds training Muay Thai um, and then asked if I'd like to box on the Mayweather undercard um, at the O2 Arena. So I ended up boxing. And then after my boxing fight, I got approached with a development contract from the PFL um, asking if I'd transfer into MMA because they just liked my aggressive style of fighting. <laughs> so um, then I made the move to Manchester top team. Um, so then I've moved across to Oldham now. Wow. So it's some journey so far. Yeah, very bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of the fighting and the aggression then, what made you get into fighting in the first place? Uh, so we had a family friend and she was doing it. Um, and then she was UK number one. So she went professional at 13, which is wow. crazy. Um, and then she went on to be UK number one, uh, held that for years, world titles. Uh, she got signed to Glory Kickboxing, but she got forced into retirement. So that's sort of why I also moved as well, because she was my training partner and it just fell through and I felt a bit lonely. So that's fair enough. So obviously you've just said there you've made your um you made was it your debut on the undercard? Yeah, so my boxing debut on the yeah. Mayweather undercard. What was that experience like? Obviously, first of all, to make your debut in boxing must have been Dorton, but then obviously on probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest boxer of all time, to be headlining it. How was yeah. it? Yeah. So Coming from white height, it, there's no money in it. There's no nothing. Everybody just fights for the sake of it, just because they love it. Um, yeah. So to go from that, where you just turn up to a weigh-in and then it's like, right, see you tomorrow and you fight, like the whole build-up. So it's like, right, we'll get you put in a hotel on Tuesday. We'll do media. <laughs> we'll do interviews. We'll do press conference. And like, I was sat there and like so like I was trying to get into the hotel and they were like, no, sorry, you're not allowed in. I was like, I'm a fighter. And they were like, no, sorry, you're not allowed in. And I was like, I'm fighting. And they were like, what's your name? I was like, that's my picture on the thing, like next to Mayweather. And they were like, oh, okay, come on through. So it was just so intense, but I loved every second of it. But yeah, it was crazy. Like I've never fought in a bigger stadium than anything. So <laughs> literally the O2 Arena and it was jam-packed for Mayweather as well, which was incredible. Well, obviously there's a big, there's a big mad scene at the moment, isn't he? With YouTubers and things like that going on. What did you think of Mayweather fighting a Geordie Shaw car? Uh, I wouldn't even say a character, a Geordie Shaw person anyway. Uh, 
to be fair, he's been one of the better ones that um, he's fought because obviously he fought just basic YouTubers. Um, but at least Aaron, like he's been in and he's done MMA and he turned pro in boxing as well. So at least he had a bit of like substance behind him. So I think I was probably on one of the better cards compared to like the actual YouTubers. Um, what are your actual thoughts on the YouTube and scene? Obviously, you can't say too much because you know the money might be there one day and you get offered it. So, but what's the um, what's the persona within the sport? See, I like it because every like from a fighting point of view, fighters are like peed off because they're getting so much money. But I said to them, it's like an entertainment thing. It's like they build up their brand, their fan base, and then they make it into like this big old story. And that's why there's so much like trash talking and things like that. And it's a younger audience for YouTubers and they love it. They're buzzed off it. But I was saying to people, it's a, it's a different game because I've been to some of these YouTuber events and it's fully packed from the moment the fight show starts. But whereas you go to like, like an AJ boxing fight and like, it will slowly build up over time and then it will be like full for his fight at the end. But yeah, yeah it's crazy. There'll be, banging on the doors like trying to get in and we're like no we're not open yet <laughs> like you have to wait but they're screaming for the youtubers it's crazy just as you mentioned that i've been to so many big fights over the years and the undercard always sort of lets it down doesn't it there's a, there's one or two fights maybe that you go i'll get in for that but then it always seems to be the headline event is that because of the actual the likes of matchroom i'd say when Eddie makes these cards is it a case of him getting these fights and the matchups because what i tend to find is most boxing events, they're all one-sided for the first few fights just to seemingly get numbers up. Yeah, see, where Thai boxing and MMA are very different, um, with boxing, they have to protect their zero. It's just yeah. it's some sort of weird mindset. So they're like, I can't lose because as soon as that zero goes, I'm, I'm a nobody. So for their undercards, they usually build it up and build it up but um, until they get into the bigger fights. But whereas like tar boxers and MMA people, they'll fight every weekend if they could. And if it's a loss, it's like, oh, I'll be in the gym on Monday. Like, it's no biggie. Well, that's it. I've, I follow MMA more than I follow boxing. I used to follow boxing massively, but I feel like it kind of went a bit downhill, whereas the MMA scene in Britain just went massive, didn't it? Um, yeah. And obviously the fights, like you said, if someone gets KO'd, it doesn't matter because they're out six months later anyway. They're going to be fighting again and there's a chance to get back up there, ranked again. Um, so you're known as the Ghetto Cinderella. Yeah. Mad, mad name to come up with. But where did it come about? Uh, so I was in the car driving and then we just had um, Spotify playing. But you know where it's like you can get new songs like just shoved into your playlist yeah. on random a song came on and it was called ghetto cinderella and it, it was basically talking about like glass slippers and like she beating you up and things like that and then the guy who was with me he was like you're a ghetto cinderella and i was like no i'm not and he was like no that's such a good name and then i like said it to a few people like just get the feelers out and everybody's like nah that's sick that's sick <laughs> so then it sort of stuck from them just because of like the juxtaposition of my life like I love getting doled up, like, hair, makeup, everything. But then, like, once I get into the gym, like, I'm swinging for the heels. I'm going to come into that in a bit. I find that mad how you do it. Um, in February, you announced you've signed to PFL, Professional Fighters League, for anyone who doesn't know about that. What's the ambition in the PFL? How far do you want to take it? So, I still think it's pretty crazy to me that I just got off of it. But 
they said they were keeping tabs on me and they were watching my fights. And then obviously I got announced for the boxing and they watched that and they saw like how aggressive I was. And they said like, because they're not well known, but like they're trying to bring exciting fights in and they want to bring like people like me who are aggressive, who move forward, who go for the knockout. They want to bring people like that in. So they do like development contracts. Um, So I'm signed. I was meant to have a fight uh this weekend actually but yeah. that fell through but we'll probably get onto that yeah. um and then hopefully i'm fighting in december and then i've signed if well if all goes well in december i'm signed to fight in the europe league so then oh, nice. if i fight and win i get put through to the next round and then the winner of that tournament wins 100 grand so yeah it pfl look after their fight is so well. There's no locked in for sponsors. They help you get sponsors. They like build you up as a brand. So for me, this is what I moved for. Like I didn't move away from my family and friends just to say like no to these opportunities. Like they've literally just handed me my dream life on a plate. So I'm just going to grab it with both hands. But my dream, I've always said that I want to win world titles in Muay Thai and boxing. And now I've started MMA. So I've just been like, right, we'll do it in all three then. So I'll win a world title in Muay Thai, boxing and MMA. But PFL are like so nice with it. So they're like, well, we'll keep you signed with us and then we'll get you the fights to get the world titles and then you can build your brand alongside us. So you you wouldn't be able to get that in the UFC or anything like that, which is crazy. That's what you want to hear though, isn't it? You want to have a path and you want to be able to do what you want to do as much as what they want to do. Yeah, and it keeps both people happy. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah. So obviously, like you've just touched on then, um, you recently announced that you was out of the Paris card due to melanoma, which is obviously something I've mentioned to you about. Uh, I've witnessed firsthand the yeah. seriousness of it. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what melanoma is, it's a form of skin cancer. How early did you find it and how did you find it? Uh, so pretty early on, but I have these things where like, I know when the universe is like looking after, I'm like very spiritual in that way. Like I think things happen for a reason. Um, and I, I'm a proper girly girl. I always get my nails painted, things like that. So if anybody doesn't know, toenail varnish stays on for months. Like them bad boys just don't chip. But <laughs> mine did. And I can't help myself, but I just picked it off. And then I saw this like black little thing and I was like, what is that? So then Curious got the better of me. So I started peeling all my nail varnish and then there was just like a blob of something on my toe so I was like oh my god what is that so then I went and checked on the other foot as well and then there was something similar on that foot so um I was like sending a few pictures around I was like what is this from because like with fighting everybody's like oh it's probably just a bruise like it's just a bruise but there's just something inside of me which was like no this is not a bruise because like you know what bruises look like on your feet so ended up going to the doctors and took a bit away and then um, sent it back and it came back abnormalities. So to be fair, the NHS is pretty good with it. Like it was a quick turnaround, but like it scared me so much because they basically sat me down and they were like, right, you're gonna get given an appointment. It's like within two weeks and it's basically life or death. And I was thinking, oh my God, I, I didn't tell my family either because they're such warriors and they live seven hours away. Like my mum and dad would have got in that car and just driven up there and then. So like I was doing it all by myself really and then um, ended up going in and then they took my toenails basically off and then got it all out. So 
that just put a stop on all my kicking and grappling yeah. and things like that. So, but it is what it is. Caught it quite early. Um, but my family's got quite a big history of like skin cancer and things. So, really? yeah. So, so when people were like, oh my God, was that really scary? It was like, it was, but in my mind, it was always a when I'm going to get it, not if I'm going to get it. So I just had quite a positive mindset that I would just like get it sorted, get it gone and then just carry on my life. Yeah, and in terms of going forward, what have they said is the, let's say, routine for you now? Have you got to go every six months, every year? What is it? Yeah, so I've just got to keep checks. Um, they said things like that, like usually it goes away, but like I have to just keep check on moles and things like that because it could just like be something within me. It could be genetic. Um, but they said like sometimes things do grow and like they're benign. So Yeah, and in terms of you, has it changed anything for you in terms of like how you are as a person? Do you are you taking things less for granted, let's say, and focusing on yourself even more now? Yeah, I had this basically like epiphany, and I was like, whilst I was going through that, I said to my friend, "I want to be a mother," and I was like, "I want to be a mum." I said, "I'm gonna have to stop fighting at thirty and be a mum," and they were like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "I'm gonna have to be a mum," but that's basically the only thing that I've really had happen to me. Yeah. Okay, so you've been cleared to fight again, which is brilliant news for you. Also the PFL and obviously your gym where you're training now. Um, are you hoping to be on a Dublin card? Is that likely to happen? Yeah, I'm pushing for them to um, sort an opponent after they finish with the Paris card and then hopefully we can get into a proper fight camp with the right mindset and then push through to that one. Good. How, how was it being back in the gym? So good, but God, it's hard work with them guys in there. They're lethal, so it's like being put in a shark tank. Yeah, I've noticed on your punching, by the way. Bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, moving on to something which seems to have taken over quite a lot of the internet, and obviously it works well for you, let's be honest. Um, OnlyFans, it must have been a management nightmare for you to begin with. Yeah. Um, I don't think like, obviously OnlyFans has got like a bad rep to it. Um, just because of like some of the people that it's produced. Um, but I quite like it because it gives me a platform to like most of my OnlyFans, people join live streams and they message me about fighting. So it's like, they want that connection with me because I can't give that to people on my Instagram or Twitter because my DMs are shut off. Like my management, like deal with all of that sort of stuff so it's like the only way they can contact me and talk to me directly about fighting is through there mm. but it goes hand in hand like everybody's like oh yeah well if you wanted that like why do they pay for it and it's like well they have to pay for it because i can't talk to everybody because that defeats the objects of shutting my dms down on instagram and twitter um but it funds my fight career like you if you don't fight you don't get paid and fighting is an expensive job slash hobby so a lot of people are still having to work full-time jobs whilst training alongside just to pay for their fight career. Um, so by doing OnlyFans, it gives me the freedom. I train like two to three times a day and yeah. not many people can say they do that, but that's because of the people through OnlyFans and like on my social media where I've like been able to like promote products for money and things like that. But that's what it's paying for. It's paying for my fight career. But I think even when I make enough money through fighting, I think I'll probably still keep it because I actually love talking to people about fighting. Like I'll talk about fighting all day long. So 
Well, in terms of, you've just mentioned there, your fighting career, and it's an expensive thing to do. Um, I imagine training two to three times a day, and then obviously the nutrition side and coaching side of things, is that, is that where the expense comes in? Yeah, it's a lot of like little expenses. So um, with my training, because I'm professional, once I fight, I have to give my management a percentage. I have to give yeah. my coaches a percentage. I have to pay my nutritionist. I have to pay my strength coach. I have to pay my boxing coach. <laughs> it's like loads of little things like my petrol, my rent, yeah. um, and just buying food. Like I pay for my nutritionist and I have to buy the food on top. So yeah, it's crazy. And I'm trying to do like work alongside it. So it just <laughs> takes up a whole lot of time and energy. So well, what did your family think of your start in the OnlyFans to begin with? So my mum and dad are very carefree people. So they got a lot of stick for it when I started and because people were coming up to them like, do you know what your daughter's doing? And then my mum and dad were like, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> like they don't really care. They're like, well, she's over the age of 18. Whatever she does on OnlyFans, like she does, that's up to well. But mum and dad know I'm not going to get stupid with it, so yeah okay so what's the weirdest request you've had <laughs> god way too Must be a many list. <laughs> um farting in a jar burping in a jar bath water um the boys in the gym are desperate for me to do this one as well so a guy keeps on messaging me saying i really want to mas like massage your feet straight after training and I said, no, that'll be like, that's in the gym. Like, and he was like, no, I really want, like, he's into, um, oh my God, I don't know the word, but like belittling. So he's yeah. like, I want all the boys stood there whilst I'm massaging your feet, like telling me like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm, and all the boys, like, and he's like, I'll pay for it. I'll pay, I'll pay you 200 pounds for me to come to the gym. And the boys are like, do it. <laughs> like, cause they can't wait to see someone in the gym. And yeah. They get to give him for it so so yeah I, I keep on saying no to that one but the boys are like do it do it do it we'll wait until you're desperate <laughs> yeah if, if that, that goes online that that means my rent's due and i need to get some money <laughs> oh keep an eye out for that one everyone <laughs> <laughs> so like i said to you at the start of this section how do you management feel about it all then is today obviously i imagine there's all sorts of contracts and stuff you have to agree to do they have restrictions on what you're actually doing uh, so me and my manager so i have a couple of managers but like my main contact manager he's pretty chill with everything like he loves putting my personality across because he said like you go to some managements and they're so strict and it's mm. like basically they're forming people into robots and it's like especially on twitter i love to take the piss like uh, <laughs> so like i'll give it back as good as i get whereas like if i was with another management they would be like take that down now you'll lose brands but i seem to be gaining followers quickly and like a fan base and people seem to be like oh my god like i love the way you talk to people online like i'm gonna buy a ticket for your fight and he's like that's what we want we want fans like we want your personality to come across so he he's not too Ask for that, but there's, there's sometimes where a tweet goes like viral, viral, and then he it's like news articles and like people are sending it to him, and it's like Sammy Joe Luxton says she'll poo on someone's <laughs> chest or something like that, and I said I swear that is not how it seems, and he's like I've seen the tweet, and I was like 
oh okay yeah can you just not help yourself sometimes is that what it is no i, I think my hands type before my brain actually processes and as soon as i press send i've got notifications turned off so like i'll go and do the dishes and then i'll come back and then it'll be like 99 plus notifications i'm like what have i done and then i've yeah. got my manager like that tweet is popping off and i was like oh no <laughs> what so what was the first one that sort of let's say blew up because obviously sammy joe you come from devon up to manchester you mixing in between different sports let's say martial arts boxing muay thai um what was the tweet or the moment you thought right okay it's hitting big now so it wasn't actually me that started all of this so it was some guy that is was just like watching fights on youtube saw one of my fights went over to my instagram and then saw basically me dressed up and then there was a picture of me covered in blood like i broke my nose in two places and it came away from the skull like it was just Whoa. a mess and he put them two pictures up and he was and he was like holy shit, get a girl that can do both and um i my instagram was going crazy and i was like i've just gained a thousand followers in 10 minutes and i was saying to my housemate i've been act oh, i've been act <laughs> so i'm like trying to like lock down my instagram and then people are sending me messages like lol just see you on twitter oh. i don't have a twitter account i was like i'm not on twitter what what have i done so me and my housemate like trying to get on her twitter account and then she's like oh my god it's got four million views and i was like when was it posted she was like two hours ago and i was like oh no so then i retweeted it as well and i think that must have like just boosted it up yeah. and then I, yeah obviously i can't help myself so i'm replying to like nasty comments and me being like all right like giving it back to them and then they started like going up and then it was um someone said i would pay for her to pull my chest and i said <laughs> i'll do everything for the right price <laughs> Like just a throwaway comment, and then my mum sent me a news article, and it was like rising oh. star. So I was like, "Oh no!" And mum was like, "My work better not see this." <laughs> like, right? And what? Too late now. <laughs> but yeah, like things like that just open doors, and it's like with the influence of boxing, it's as soon as you get into that market, like, it's crazy. Like. And people have become fans just from that one tweet. So it can show what one thing can just change your life. Yeah. Is there anyone in terms of boxing, Muay Thai or MMA that you actually look up to and want to model your game on? Or is there someone that you look up to and think, I want to be like them, but in my own way? Uh, well, so my family friend, she she was glory champion, uh, world champion. So I always look up to her. Um, and just try and replicate what she did because she was 13 years old when she went pro and then she yeah she she was knocking women out at 13 and she was just so humble with it she's the nicest person you could ever meet and i, I want to be like that like because you see fighters and they they get to the top and they get a proper ego about them. and it's like bought off like you're nobody and they think they're so much better than everybody else and i just don't, don't want to be like that like i just want to be i just want to fight go home and chill with my family and friends and then make a few little shitty comments on twitter I, that's all i want to do sounds perfect okay let's talk a little bit about liverpool then i noticed the tweet you put out which is why i've obviously got in touch with you about which shirt should you buy 66 or number eight Sly or trent what did you go with first of all 
went for a number eight. But I think I think I'm gonna have to buy um, one of the away shirts because I do like those. So maybe I'll get Trent on that one. Sebastian is just ridiculous though, isn't he? He's like carved out of Greek gods. <laughs> oh yeah, my daddy, he, he follows like all the Facebook and all that sites, and he's like. Oh, new Gerald. Oh, new Gerald. <laughs> and then he was saying that, and I was like, what are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, it was just like... So where did the love for Liverpool come about? Obviously, you've just mentioned your dad. Yeah, well, I, I probably shouldn't say this because I get a lot of stick for it. But when I was younger, so my mum and both sets of grandparents are United supporters. Mm. Yeah. Dad is Liverpool. So when I was younger... It, because it was more of them, I just drifted to Man U. I had the full Man U bedroom. Like, oh. I'm not even kidding. Carpet, <laughs> curtains, duvet, the lot. And then um, the, mum said that dad must have been just chirping in my ear or like I've just been watching dad watch the football and then just like started to pick up on him. And I sat my mum and dad down. I went, right, I think I've grown out of the Man U room. And mum <laughs> went, oh, what do you want? And I was like a Liverpool one and mum went over my dead body so um I wanted Liverpool and mum did not so we compromised and I got groovy chick so that's that's (laughs) what happened but since then like from that point I made the switch I was young I think I was like eight or something so when I tell people yeah I made the switch and they're like I'm like at eight years old and they're like okay I I can accept that you don't even know what you want for your breakfast today do you so yeah no Okay, do you follow it much now? Are you you big behind the team, and what have your thoughts been so far? I was more so a, like a bigger follower back when I was younger um, and lived at home because like dad would always have it on. Like, so even if I was doing something, it'd be on in the background. Um, but over the years, like with fighting, like I'm always training, like I'm away on the weekends, so it's hard to try and catch it. But like I do follow it. Like I've got all the notifications on. And I always keep up with it, but. Yeah, I I just have a good feeling about this season as well. It's probably touch wood wherever that is, but yeah, like I just get this feeling like you know when you're watching it and you just get like a little goosebumpy. I'm like, yeah. yes, like this this is it. This is a good feeling. Like I've got that this year. I'm with you. I I just kind of feel like it's one of them. No one really expects us to challenge, and I think that's going to happen. But like you've just elaborated on there, when you're a fighter. But ninety nine percent of your time is training. The rest of it's trying to find time for yourself, isn't it? Yeah, see, that's what people like. A lot of people on Twitter are like, "So have you been to Anfield?" It's like, mate, I don't have time to get over there. <laughs> so, but yeah, everybody. Well, obviously, links back to the OnlyFans. Like a lot of the OnlyFans girls are like on the football scene, but like fake fans like you can just yeah. tell they're fake fans and it's like every time someone's like a oh, fake fan i just slap them with the photo i'm nine years old i've got umbro shorts on and i'm older oh, so, so like that and they're like oh all right <laughs> so i imagine you've seen this astrid wet on twitter though uh, yeah so she, well and i keep on seeing that bella which is oh, her yeah. best friend which is now surprisingly a united fan so i was a bit like Right. Yeah, and what are your thoughts on that? Because I like the fact that obviously you're a Liverpool supporter, but you're not trying to push that into people's face. You're doing it your own way. Yeah, when I joined Twitter, and I was a bit like, I don't really like 
obviously want to tweet about it and things like that but obviously with the likes of people like that I don't want to make it seem like I'm just like forcing it on people because then I know that I'll just get backlash for no apparent reason so that's why I keep like posting about it to a minimum so yeah I'm not really a fan like it just shows that you're boring and you have no thing to actually talk about other than football but fake football yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people have actually paid to see you kick their head in. Probably, yeah. yeah. I have had a lot of things like that. Yeah, can you just punch her off? I'm like, mate, <laughs> I would if I could. Oh, okay. Well, let's call it a pod there. I've, I've took enough of your time up from your busy schedule. So uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and like sharing your story and obviously everything that you've had going on the last few months. I can't even imagine your head's probably been so far up your own ass you don't know where to look <laughs> so it's um yeah it's been it's been nice to meet you of course it has and i wish you yeah thank you for having luck. me on no it's, it's been honestly it's been a pleasure um but good luck getting onto this card in dublin and yeah yeah i'll definitely be posting stuff about it so all right well thanks very much all right thank you very much speak to you soon <laughs> bye Thanks to everyone for listening in to today's podcast and thank you to our amazing guests. Without them, this wouldn't be possible. Don't forget to follow us on social media, twitter.com forward slash the road end pod and on Instagram, Instagram slash the road end pod.